Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo, and on this show, I interview artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And I'm excited today to have an event planner and marketing communication specialist, Rebecca Oteri. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. So when I go to an event, it seems en like this enormous, <laughs> overwhelming project. How did you get into it? I started from the very beginning. I worked in the hotel and catering business, uh, studied uh, food service administration, hospitality services in college, and then just more or less worked my way through the industry. So worked in hotels and did production, themed events. Um, I was actually show management for a large trade show in the late 90s and association, corporate planner. <laughs> so did you know when you got a degree in this that this was what you wanted or you knew you wanted to be in the hospitality area and then you just discovered this? I knew that I wanted to be in the hospitality industry. I was one of those insane kids who graduated from college in 1982 when my first car loan was 19% interest rate and there were no jobs but I had six job offers. Wow. And I just thought it was great. I was working as a food and beverage manager and I was working like 80 hours a week making zero money almost, but I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. So Why? why? What did you love about it? I love the, the people aspect of it. Um, I think it's truly an art form to be able to um, figure out what people like and what they want and create it. Now they use it all the time, but to create really an experience for them. So I'm just a traditionally trained hospitality person. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in the customers and I believe in taking care of your employees because then they take care of your customers. Mm -hmm. So the first time that you were asked to do an event, how did, how did that happen and what did you think? <laughs> well, I kind of walked in. I was, in, um, was working at the Marriott Copley and um, I had a, an amazing director of, market, or director of catering. And I started to do weddings, which is what I first started doing on a larger scale. And that was really, um, fortunately that didn't last long because that's a very interesting niche that I, I shy away from. Mm -hmm. So then I started doing corporate stuff and literally it's just kind of, when I was doing it, it was learn as you go. I had resources there and people who helped me, but um, you, had to, you had to learn. So I had a lot of great people over the years. Mm -hmm. um, Did you have any disasters? Oh gosh, yes. What like what? Like what's the worst? What are some of the what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> the worst that can happen. Um, we were doing an all hands meeting in um, San Francisco back in the time when the, the brownouts, the rolling brownouts were mm -hmm. going, and I had said to the CEO, I said, Don't please don't no, not San Francisco. Nope, we need to go to San Francisco. And I'm like, okay. So we were at the resident or the um, Renaissance Hotel in the ballroom in the basement. CEOs on stage introducing the president. We are broadcasting across the country to all of our different locations. And literally, the power went out and we were in total darkness. And this was before people could whip out their cell phones and oh, yeah. turn on their little lights? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I remember, you know, the emergency lights came on, so I was able to get to the back and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I'm like, you know, get the hotel, get the, get the, um, you know, maintenance down here, figure out what's going on. So about two minutes later, this maintenance guy comes sauntering through the back aisle and I'm like, 
hurry up. And he was like, oh, here's the problem. You blew a fuse on this. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, I've never had this happen in all my years. But it did. It it did. It did. And it was one of the first ones? Um, Yes. I mean, there was one, you know, I had a bride who threatened to hit me. Oh. Yeah. She didn't like where her reception ended up, so she was kind of a crazy... Mm-hmm. She was, that, that would be enough to get you out of the wedding industry. <laughs> that was like, and people say, do you remember? And I go, I remember her name. I remember the date. I remember exactly everything about it. Oh, dear. So, but It sounds pretty traumatic. It's, it's great because those things are what help you to learn to do a better job, mm-hmm. to be able to, um, it's like if something happens once, trust me, you don't forget it. And it goes in either on paper or it goes in the back of your mind, and it's something you always check for the next time. Mm-hmm. So do you check for fuses every time you go? <laughs> I had my boss who said, I want someone standing right next to that at all times. I'm like, Susan, honest to God, I've never seen this happen. So, um, but yes. I, some things are just going to happen that are flukes, and the, as you say, they probably will never happen again. Very true. And, I, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people will say nowadays, there's so many more people that are in this industry now, mm-hmm. and, you know, they love the event side of it, and they, you know, they've been part of it, so they think that they understand all the different aspects of it, which they do. They have a great understanding, but there's this feeling of, I want it planned so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Well, it will be planned so it's perfect, but that's not the point. The point is being ready for what will happen because something will happen. It always happens. Mm. And it's how you react to that that is, to me, that's the, that's the key to success. That's, that's a, such a great attitude and something for the company, the organizing mm-hmm. company, to be aware of that. You can plan it so all the dots you know, I's are dotted and T's are oh, crossed, yes. but really what counts is your resilience to deal with the, the unexpected. It is, and the ability that, like, when you do, um, I actually was talking with a client yesterday, and um, she said, what do you do when, you know, how do you handle it? How do you handle when that happens? And I said, well, I've gotten very good at it because those things happen a lot. And I said, I'll first look at you and, and take it all in and be like, all right, let me, let me, Take this in, think about what we're going to do. I'll be right back. And I said, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go hide in the corner or around, <laughs> around the bend and go, oh, my God. But I said, it's not, it's not about the problem. It's about solving it. Mm. So it's like coming back very quickly mm-hmm. um, and having a solution, fixing it, going on. But then afterwards, doing the, you know, the debrief. Mm. Like, how did this happen? You know, not like it's somebody's fault or something, but what did we do? Sometimes it's nothing we did, it just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times, yeah, there are things that, you know, people didn't do what they were supposed to do or there was an issue with something. But mm-hmm. So you try to learn and... I always am learning. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like also I always am continually learning about technology. So I do a lot of work with um, all of the, e- you know, the e-tools that are available. Oh, like apps? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apps, and then there's a lot of um, cloud-based... Um, tools for project management and such that are really, really helpful. They've made life a lot easier. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So let's say there is a business. Mm -hmm. Why would they want to have an event? What does having an event offer them as a business? Well, um, I focus a lot on the trade shows because Mm -hmm. trade shows are so incredibly um, important right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why is that? Well, funny you should ask that. Last year, they just released these, I think, in, like, May. In 2017, um, 33.2 million people went to B2B trade shows. 
Say that number again. 33.2 billion. Wow. I mean million, million, million. sorry, million. Okay. And then, but the overall contribution to the US GDP is $91 billion. No kidding. That's very impressive. Especially when you consider the automotive industry is only $72 billion. Mm -hmm. And when you add in events as well as trade shows, it, comes, it goes up to $106 billion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. so then who, who is it that decides I'm going to be the, the sponsor or the... Mm -hmm. Typically, my customers are marketing, uh, VPs of marketing, directors of marketing, um, and they're responsible for all of the um, customer um, programs, interaction, the outward face, basically, of the company. So they typically, every year, set a schedule of shows that they will go to. Um, a lot of times, in addition to those shows, they have events that you know complement that. Maybe they'll do something for their customers, or they'll do... Um, a lot of times they'll bring users together, maybe do like a user forum. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that go on. And it's very important because that's the one chance for that face-to-face -face contact. That face-to-face contact between? The client and the customers, their customers. So, you know, right now it's really very, um, everybody basically is doing it. It's very prevalent in the, in the industry right now is when you go to a show, um, you establish one-on-one um, -on -one meetings between your uh, clients and maybe your senior executives who are there. So oftentimes you'll get your CEO who's there. They'll meet with the head of whatever company is your customer and literally like deals are signed and, you know, agreements are made and, or they move, you know, they, they find a new customer, they find a new prospect. Okay, so when you have a trade show, it's mm -hmm. not just tables on the show floor. New. It's very, um, <clears throat> depends on what it is. And I say to people, because I work with a lot of smaller companies, and um, I say to people, I'm like, you know, even if you're going to, and it's a 10 by 10 booth, and I said, you have the, you know, the skirted table and the sign and two chairs and a, a wastebasket. I'm like, don't use those. You know, rent, and it's not expensive. You know, look at your carpet. Maybe you can put down a different carpet that matches the color of your logo. Maybe you can you know, rent a standing cocktail table with two, you know, um, bar stools. And, or maybe you have a, a small area for seating. But something so that it's more, it stands out because there's such, you, I mean, I know you've been to trade shows, but oftentimes when you go down the road, some people put so much stuff in their booth. So much paper. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of, you walk past and you go, I am like having sensory overload looking at all that stuff. So... That's what I try and tell people. But, you know, the fun thing is the big, huge booths, and they're amazing. I, I love to watch the whole thing, the whole process happen. People must be getting more and more creative in order to stand out. Oh, it's amazing what they're, what they are, um, they're doing nowadays. It's incredible. What and are some of the things that pop into your head of what you've seen? Oh, well, I'm, there was a company that... Um, a medical company that did a booth at the American Society for Clinical Oncology. And it literally had so much going on in it, but it was fabulous. It had like, it had a sculpture made out of lights that moved up and down. It had screens, you know, unbelievable plasma screens, huge, gigantic plasma screens. It had a waterfall. It had all these different stations with these amazing 
because um, the technology nowadays is so yeah. incredible that when you put an image on a screen, it's so crisp, it's so clear, it just looks, mm. I mean, and it's very, very powerful. And they had a huge center section mm -hmm. that kind of dominated the whole space. Mm -hmm. so. so you call yourself an event strategist, mm -hmm. not an event, as, is that different than an event planner? And why would someone <clears throat> use a strategist? Well, th there's a lot of different people who like, they really like and what they, they prefer to do is more the, the logistics of it and then the implementation, which is great. And I love logistics that. Logistics meaning? Um, setting up, finding the space, negotiating the contract, um, doing the food and beverage, um, the, all the setup arrangements, working with the AV. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's great. I mean, I do that and that's, I really feel that there's more to it than that. Mm. Companies spend a tremendous amount of money sending their people to these shows or to have an event, however it is. So it's, I like to start at the beginning and figure out why, why are you doing this? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your goal? And oftentimes, you know, they do know, but I think, you know, if you don't focus on that and like write it down and keep going back to that, you'll lose that. You'll and what happens <clears throat> if you don't have that? What's the you downside? You could just be having, well, two things can happen. If it's more of a social event, you could just have a great party, but you won't be doing any networking with people. Or if you're having a conference, maybe your content isn't what it should be, and you can do everything in the world, but if your content is not engaging and interesting, people won't come back. You know, it's a lot for people to take their time out of their offices um, to be there, so if they're going to be there, you and you want to make sure it's great because... It's your opportunity to tell your customers or potential customers how fabulous you are. Right. So what else do you do as a strategist? I come up with ways to follow up on it. So I start at the very beginning and, you know, like, here's the beginning. So what are you going to do for the booth? What are you going to do for this? Where, how are you going to engage with your customers to get them to the booth or set up meetings with them? So it's kind of an, it's a strategy that starts and then it goes all the way through when they're on site. If there's a lot of times there's events or dinners or whatever that are planned. And then at the conclusion, which I think is the really important thing, is what are you doing to follow up? You know, how are those leads that you got either in the booth or from the meetings? Who's handling those? Who owns those? Who's, what, what's happening with them? And then actually, you know, tracking those, targeting them, figuring out what was your really actual ROI from your investment. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you'd be surprised. I mean, I've seen people not realizing, you know, you know huge amounts of money and deals that are made um, because of interactions at a conference. Um, or sometimes they spend a lot of money and they didn't really hit their mark, they didn't really stay on target, and um, they didn't get their money's worth, really. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you helping out the people who are going to trade shows and they are presenting themselves in a booth, or are you helping the person who is creating the trade show no, umbrella. I, I do the, um, I, my clients are the exhibitors. Exhibitors, okay. And, or the companies that are planning their customer conferences or their user forums. I work for the companies. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I interact, because of that, I will interact on occasion with the show management, which is always interesting because, um, you know, that's a very powerful position for them to be in. Mm-hmm, right. So... You mentioned about how to stand out. Mm -hmm. Any other tips that people need to know when they go to a trade show? One of the biggest things is make sure you have really good content. And whatever it is you're going to have on those on um, 
the monitors, and I always recommend people have a nice, big, huge, crisp monitor for that. Make sure that it's it's a rolling loop, and it's something just to attract people's attention. Mm. You don't want to bombard them with um, a whole presentation that has maybe video or audio in it because they're not. I mean, they're not going to be able to hear. You know, definitely have it available for you to do some kind of. Um, demo or information on your product, something like that. So it's more of a sales thing, but have something that's looping that just pulls people in. And that doesn't need sound. No, it does not. That's very you can do sound. Some people mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. but um, you know, if you consider the number of people and the amount of um, just noise that goes on in those spaces, mm -hmm. um, it would be challenging. But yeah. And then what about like messaging? So people mm -hmm. need to be clear, like how do you help them narrow or define their message? Well, I don't necessarily define their message for them. Mm -hmm. They usually come to me. Um, I mean, I have had conversations with clients that are like, we need you to help us crystallize this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll have a session and we'll talk back and forth. Um, but it's my job to like take the message they have and incorporate it into um, let's say the event, the look of the event, or the design of the trade show booth, so that what is presented at the event or trade show is representative and enforce, reinforces their message. Mm -hmm. And like, what if, what happens if someone goes mm -hmm. and they feel this really didn't give us the return that we expected? Like, how how do you you debrief, as you mentioned before, mm -hmm. so that the next time it can be more effective? Um, what we do, I think it's very important, and you know everybody has a school of thought about this, but I like to do, let's say we're done and we're back in the offices on Friday and Monday, I want to have a debrief. I mean, I want to have, and very casual, nothing, nothing formal. And I'll tell people, I'll, okay, if you can't be there, fine. Either send me your notes or have somebody else go in your place. But we just need to get this down because much longer than that, and it just tends, people tend to forget. They, they tend to forget, like, what was the really compelling, interesting thing that we ha that happened that we did there? Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I do. And then out of that, you, you do a de debriefing document that it's usually for senior executives, and it shows, you know, the, the analytics on the show. So there were X number of people that went to the show, this many leads, this was here, that was there. And then some of the comments, some of the meetings you had, and then overall, like, what are next steps, potential um, wins that we have. So that all goes into a document, and then it's their decision to, you know, if it was worth it or not. Mm -hmm. So do you see, like, I mean, if I, this is your work, so of course you're going to say, you know, people need this, but what do you see is the difference for people who use someone like you mm -hmm. and those who just kind of, follow their own intuition? <laughs> well, um, first off, I, I, I'm of course going to think that they need to hire me because I have all this experience, but no, all kidding aside, um, there are just things that I know for through years of doing this and in, in connections and partnerships I have with vendors that um, I can usually do it smoother than they can. And oftentimes my goal is always to try and save money for them. Um, and then have it be, they have a lot, the biggest reason, the biggest value I think I bring is people have their own job. Let's say they're a, 
a marketing uh, manager or they're a marketing manager. They have a, that's their regular full-time 40, 50 hours a week job. Well, if you throw in all the logistics and the bits and pieces of an event, that is an awful lot of a strain on somebody who should be focusing on what their expertise is, which is the product or the communications or whatever it is. So that's where I think my value comes in. I, I like to come in as sort of a seamless integration into your team. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's my job to listen for some of the things that I see and then have an opportunity to maybe bring it up to people and say, have you ever thought about this? You know, and then sometimes they'll be like, yep, we did it, horrible. And I'm like, okay, good, we'll mark that one down. But that to me is the greatest value because it kind of expands their, their ability to work with people because I'm doing all that stuff behind the scenes and then I report to them and they know what's going on or they call me and they ask for an update. So it's kind of um, an additional set of hands and a brain for mm -hmm. them. It's extending their team. It is definitely, and that's what I like to do. I don't, it's not about me, absolutely not about me. I'm in there to figure out what my customers want. So mm -hmm. the first thing I ask people is, I come in and I sit down and I do a strategy session, and I'm, I think, you know, I say, well, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, you want to go to this show? Okay, why? You know, sometimes they know, sometimes they don't. What are you trying to accomplish when you're there? Do you, is it a, um, are you going to be announcing a new product, a new update? What, what's happening? Nothing. Okay, good. You just go in there. You want, you know, for exposure and so whatever it is, and then taking that and defining it. And um, coming back to them with what I think they, they're saying, and then hopefully, hopefully I'm right, and um, then acting on that and bringing it to life. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so how long a lead time do you usually take with somebody who does this? Do you, <laughs> I mean, is this usually like a one-off experience, or do people kind of hire you more extensively, like for a series of shows that they do, so that they like really understand the process? Um, there are people that I just do one-offs for, which mm -hmm. is understandable. Sometimes people <clears throat> need the help because something else is going on in their organization and they're short, um, just like man hours. So mm -hmm. I do that. My favorite thing to do is to work with a client, get to really know them, and work on their their whole campaign, and so that because it so it remains seamless. Mm. And you can really, I mean, you can escalate your um, stance and your opinion and your view in the industry if you do it right. I mean, if you are very consistent and you're out there with the messaging and it's good stuff and it's engaging, um, you can definitely you know, begin to establish yourself, if you haven't already, as a thought leader mm -hmm. in the industry. Mm -hmm. so, so it sounds like they would, they would save money. They would save money. So that is the money that they may be paying to you or in mm -hmm. some way, and they would get much more visibility, they'd have brand consistency, they could be over time seen as a thought leader in their Absolutely. field and bring more visibility to their product or service or message. I mean, one case in point, social media. Uh -huh. It's now a, it's a, just a standard component of everything that we do. Um, I mean, you have to have some sort of a social media plan, mm -hmm. but um, if you just try and do it with people that are work for you, mm -hmm. that's very difficult because mm -hmm. it has to be done on a schedule and it has to be regular, it has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So there's people that I work with, that are, um, a person in particular, who's just amazing. She just is great at it. And so you take that away and then you, you, know, you see that. And the power of when those tweets and um, information goes out like that, it really can be very impactful at the shows 
um, because it aligns with what's happening at the show. Okay, so there's a lot of social media action during the show oh, yes. highlighting what is going on. That's <clears throat> Before fantastic. and during. That's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, so. uh, social media is one of those things that I just... <laughs> It's like, can someone take this idea for me, please? <laughs> I mean, I enjoy engaging mm -hmm. on occasion, but it's kind of like, I have a life to live here. <laughs> and if it was the single thing that I was doing, it would be a blast. But when it's added on to yes. what you're already trying to do in your business and well, your I can projects. Yeah. I, I can guarantee when you get to a show, you have the best intentions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Well, there's about a zillion things that will take you off target. And, and you want to be available for the people right. that you're interacting with. That's the thing. You're there. You're actually there to, you know, present about the company, about the product, meet with people. You know, you're there to interact with your customers mm -hmm. and prospects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hmm. So what is your most favorite part of the work you do? I love being on show site. Hmm. That when you move in and, you know, they're setting up, if it's, you know, a meeting, you know, they're hanging the trusses and the lights are going up and I'm just watching the whole thing come to life. I love that. And, you know, I just love working with um, the techs and, and the producers and everything because it's just a, it's a total different sort of, it's a total different part of my brain that I get to use and they're just different types of people. And so it's nice to have a change of pace. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm famous for sitting on the, um, the crates that the... Um, that the booth is in. I just go in there early and I bring my laptop and I have my, and I turn everything on and I sit there and, you know, and unfortunately when you're in Chicago in July and they haven't turned the air conditioning on yet at uh, McCormick, it does get a little steamy, but it's just fun to watch all this stuff and you learn a lot. You learn a lot about um, how this all integrates and how it works. And then, you, you know, you can get some really great ideas about what some other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Because you see, the, how it evolves into whatever yes. it is that they're creating. Exactly, That's very cool. So one of the things I love to do is ask my guests to pick a card. Ooh. That's some kind of attribute, and I'd love for you to just riff on it for your business or personally. <laughs> okay, this is ease, and I'm going to tell you, if my children are listening right now, they're going to be like, I'm not sure about that one for mom. <laughs> but, you know, it's something that I work on all the time because it's that relaxation. And it's also really important to my, um, for my clients that they see my confidence and my ease because I'm supposed to make them not worry. And if I'm not at ease and assuring them that things are going well and we're in good shape, that's going to be a really big problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is important, but I, I can hear my sons laughing right now. But that's why it stands out is because it is something that you are aware of and that you actively think about. And, and it has that particular place in your work. It does. And, you know, I, I've always, I'm always somebody who thinks you have to continue working on things all the time. You know, we're never done fixing ourselves and, and making ourselves better. And, and I just, that's one of my things that I enjoy. And I always say to people, if I ever say, I know it all, duh, I know it all, then, you know, go, you know, send me off someplace. Because I've learned, actually, I think I've learned more in the last five years than I've known in the 10 years before that. So, so you're a lifelong learner. I am a lifelong learner. That's great. I'm, sh I'm sure that anyone who hires you <laughs> really reaps the rewards. Oh, thank you, Linda. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thank this you for having great. me. So I'm so glad that you joined us on this episode. And if you have a presentation coming up that you want to rock, 
please feel free to download my guided visualization for speaking confidence. You can get it at lindayugalo.com forward slash speaking confidence. And I just remembered that I didn't ask you, Rebecca. Oh my gosh. How people can get in touch with you. <gasps> people can get in touch with me on my website. Um, it's www, of course, create and consult and spelled out, createandconsult.com. And all the information about what we do, I also have a blog on there. So I update with different things. And I also have a LinkedIn page and I have a Facebook page. All of Create and Consult are under your name, Rebecca O'Terry. Well, I do all have the Rebecca O'Terry's, but I also have a Create and Consult under all that. And I do a lot of posting. Um, I get a lot of information, do a lot of research on what's going on, trends and stuff, not just in the industry, but also in leadership and development um, for people. Actually, I'm speaking. I'm going to be speaking in February. At? Exhibitor Live in Vegas. That's wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this and you join us on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.